Get ready to learn some skills. Let's go. Sir, I will live with perseverance in the spirit of Taekwondo. Courtesy for fellow students. Integrity within myself. And to become a black belt leader. Welcome to the ATA Nation Podcast. Welcome, ATA Nation, to episode number 70 of the ATA Nation podcast. Holy moly, 70 episodes. That's amazing. My name is Senior Master Zach Hayden, and I am your host. And uh, we're just happy to have you guys along for the ride. Have you shared this with somebody recently? We would love if you would share the podcast with a friend. Um, we know there's, there's ATA Nation is huge. It's global. It's worldwide. Um, and you just have to, to share an episode. That's all I ask. We're bringing this podcast to you free of charge, but you need to share it with a friend. That'd be really awesome. In today's episode, we have an awesome interview with an old school ATA member who's come back and brought some amazing skills with her. Um, If you are a legacy student, uh, an instructor looking to become an instructor, um, you are definitely going to want to check this out. Um, if you're uh, in, if you're a legacy member and your instructor hasn't talked to you about this yet, you need to go to your instructor and be like, hey, I heard about uh, Melody Johnson and the skills program, ATA Skills University, and uh, I would love to sign up um, and talk to them, your instructor about it, and they can uh, talk uh, to, to headquarters if they haven't heard yet um, and get enrolled because it is Great information. So let's get right to that interview with Miss Melody Johnson. Special guest interview. ATA Nation, we are super excited to have with us Miss Melody Johnson. How are you today, ma'am? I'm doing great. How are you? I am wonderful. It's so cool to uh, see you, talk to you. I know you've been really uh, you know, we've, we've seen you everywhere in the ATA recently in the last year or so, and we're super excited about that. Um, could you give us just a little, uh, background of your kind of martial arts journey? Sure. So I started martial arts back in 1987 and right outside of New Orleans, Louisiana in the ATA. My ATA number starts 8708. <laughs> So that shows you nice. how far back. Uh, yeah, oldie. So, but I didn't start because I watched Karate Kid and got all excited and wanted <laughs> to get into martial arts. I actually uh, got expelled from uh, my school for uh, for just too many shenanigans. It was an all girl Catholic school, just to kind of put it in perspective. And <laughs> and I'm you know right now I'm, I'm five foot nothing, a hundred and nothing pounds. <laughs> So you can imagine back then, and, and I was in the fifth grade, and my nickname was the kindergartner because I was so tiny. So I got bullied a lot, and I was a little feisty uh, young girl, and my parents put me in martial arts to straighten me out. <laughs> so I started in the ATA, and I did not like it. Uh, as a matter of fact, I, I hated it. I cried. Um, I tried to get in trouble in, in my class to try to get kicked out. My parents were like, nope, you're in it too bad. Uh, and it wasn't until I got to green belt level and started sparring and I kicked the boy in the head and I looked over at my mother who normally is sitting there with her arms folded, yelling at me to sit still and all this stuff (laughs) jumped up and was like, yeah. And then my instructor gave me two (laughs) points for kicking the boy in the head. And I was like, wait a minute, I get to not only kick boys in the head, but I get points for it. And my mom is happy for me. (laughs) 
this is the coolest sport ever. Uh, and since then I was hooked and I started competing in heavily in ATA tournaments and traveling all around Southern Southeastern United States. And, uh, and that's really was my, where my journey started in the martial arts. Uh, so we, we moved, we, we moved to Florida when I was in high school. And when I moved to Florida, there was no ATA school. And I tried other mm. schools and I didn't really like them. This was in the Orlando, Florida area. And this was in the late eighties, early nineties. So I dropped out and um, didn't do it anymore. And then in, when I was 16 years old, Disney came to my school to hire for food and beverage. And I joked around and said that I wanted to, I don't know how young the audience is here. What's the youngest age of the audience here? I gotta be tiptoe. Um, uh, Nolan listens to us. <laughs> we'll go with Nolan, All right, well, the ninja. No, well, Nolan, no, let's, let me tiptoe around. But basically I said, <laughs> I didn't want to work in food and beverage at Disney. I wanted to work in entertainment. And work with the characters like Mickey Mouse and stuff. Um, and yeah. you know, there's a size limit for that. But you have to have acting experience. And I didn't. So I was a little bummed out. But I told them I was a black belt in martial arts. And they thought it was really cool. So I got a private audition because of that. And I got the part. Ooh. So I spent two and a half years working at Disney in the entertainment area. Working with the characters and because of my martial arts abilities, I quickly rose through the ranks as one of the best characters that they had because I was so athletic. And uh, MGM Entertainment decided to hire me to help train the Mickey Club, Mickey Mouse Club characters on some martial arts choreography. But I hadn't been in the martial arts for a couple of years, so <laughs> I was on the hunt. So I had my mother look around to see if she could find a martial arts school, and she goes, "You're not going to believe this." There's a martial arts school right around the corner from my house. It's an ATA school. So I jumped back Ooh. in and uh, it was Master Sir, or, uh, it was Master Von Schmeling back then. I know that he's moved up through the ranks. Mm -hmm. This was in 1994. Yes. So that shows you uh, how long ago. Yeah. And uh, a few years. Yes. And uh, Von Schmeling, Master Von Schmeling at the time, wanted me to, to work for him, but I was working for, for MGM Entertainment. And then the Mickey Mouse Club got canceled. So I lost my job. So he's like, you should come in now. And because of my experience working with Disney and uh, entertaining and, and working with children, uh, I brought this different kind of personality to his school. And he was like, you're a natural. You're, you're good at this. And that's when I decided that I wanted to be a martial artist for good. So that's really how my martial arts journey started. Wow. What a story. How interesting. Um, it's so funny to hear. Uh, you know, one of the things that we hear often is that uh, kids, um, you know, shy away from the sparring. Uh, it, it's one of those things that it's either like a I love sparring and I cannot, you know, I, I that's the only thing I want to do or I can't stand sparring. <laughs> um, and it's the thing that uh, that that got you hooked. Yes. Yes. You know, so uh, yeah. that's that's super cool. <laughs> You know, being, um, being now, tiny, that's, that, that was the cool part about it. Because if I lost in sparring, they're like, oh, that little girl lost. But when I won, people are like, did you see that little girl win? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. That, that is, I mean, and it's, like you said, uh, it gives you an outlet to do something, um, you know, like, I'm not supposed to do that. What? <laughs> I'm not supposed to kick people and hit people. And, um, you know, it's just so much fun. You know, uh, how, how can we not enjoy kicking people in the head? It's, <laughs> it's the best. Um, so through your, um, it's all your training, different things. It sounds like, um, you know, obviously martial arts was a, a, a an amazing fit. And, uh, since that time you have kind of melded in, 
um, this really neat understanding of the brain um, and kids and, and brought some science to, you know, things that we have heard in the ATA for for years, you know, praise, correct praise, um, you know, reinforce positive behavior. Some of these 10 class management skills that Eternal Grandmaster did, you know, forever ago. Um, you know, I'm, I, I'm going through, we'll talk about your, your courses and stuff and I'm going through those and I'm like, Hey, here's the science for, you know, this thing that, that I knew we were supposed to be doing, but uh, here's why it works and how it works. So what got you into the kind of the brain side of all of this? Well, it's interesting because I, I started really getting into doing more game-based learning in our martial arts classes. Uh, and, and for, for that generation, and this is in the 90s, it was frowned upon to do, to play with the kids. Uh, but I found that the kids were most excited when we were playing games. And I started writing curriculum that was game-based game, game -based learning. And I started just studying, like, why do kids learn better by play? And what's happening? And if I can explain it from a scientific perspective, then maybe I'll convince other martial arts school owners and instructors and my instructor at the time uh, why it was so important and it still wasn't catching on but what was interesting is i ended up getting a concussion it was like my fourth concussion now most of my concussions were not martial arts related i've had four and three of them were not martial arts related one of them was but that was back when i fell hard after trying to do a backflip and i landed on hardwood floor um, but anyway, uh, having four concussions and also growing up, I had dyslexia. So I had this learning disability. I, I started noticing that I was having concentration problems. So I went to a neurologist and then he recommended me into doing occupational therapy for a while to help uh, with my concentration issues. And this was in my late 20s. And this is as I was writing game-based learning drills and started realizing that some of the stuff that I was learning in occupational therapy, I can apply to the drills that I'm using with kids. And, and then as that started to evolve in the early 2000s, when MRI scanning started to come out, we started understanding the brain more. Uh, you know, we talk about emotional intelligence and Dr. Daniel Siegel, who, who talks a lot about neuroplasticity and how the brain is moldable. That's when my, my nerd side kicked in and said, okay, I was on to something. I knew it. I just didn't understand it from this perspective. And now I'm starting to connect all the dots as scientists were starting to connect the dots. And that's really, again, how, how it started out. Well, it's, it's been super cool to start to check out your uh, material. Um, in the last year or so, you uh, have been reintroduced to, to ATA. You've, you've had a long hiatus. Um, we can thank uh, Senior Master Coffrin, I think, for uh, yes. dragging you back in. <laughs> um, how's the reintroduction been? I have found my happy place. So as I mentioned, you know, I started in the ATA and then did, left the martial arts because it, there was no, no organization the same. And then I had to walk away from ATA in two, 2000, right after I won world champion. And it was mostly because I wanted to pursue a career writing curriculum and, 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 you know, that just, it was going to work within the organization. I had to do it outside of mm -hmm. the organization. So for the last 22 years, I've been working with martial arts schools all over the world and all different styles and training in all these different styles, which has been exciting. But I tell you what, there was nothing like going to uh, ATA nationals and just feeling that tournament vibe. And I actually competed for the first time in 22 years. 
The interesting thing is that I left, I left the ATA right after I won world champion in 2000 in forms. And uh, I got my uniform again from senior master Coffrin and I put my uniform on that morning for competition. I was like, this is the first time I've worn red letters and I've had, you know, I won it like 22 <laughs> years ago. So, oh man. And, and I don't know if you know this story, but I got out to do my fifth degree form, which I just learned two months prior. And uh, as I was doing the first three moves, I, I see in the corner of my, one of my buddies, she was watching me. She's a skills member. And I just drew a blank. And I just on my own started oh. over again. Uh, so I got an 808 <laughs> on my form. And I tell you what, that's exactly what I needed. It just, it, it lit a spark in me. And I've never felt more alive uh, since then because now I'm training again in the forms. I'm doing kickboxing and I have a purpose for all of my training again. I feel like a martial artist again. Because when you start competing, mm. you don't feel like a martial artist. And I don't have a school anymore. I sold my school. I still train there, but it's not the same. So this has yeah. been absolutely amazing for me. Well, uh, I, if I'm not mistaken, um, are you on your way out to uh, New Jersey this weekend? I think I saw uh, some some posts that you might be heading that direction. So I have, I have maybe I have my flight in my hotel booked in New Jersey, but I just made a post in my ATA Skills Instructor Group asking who's going to be there, and I'm seeing like. Uh, Marcy and Jim Wade, the Coffrins, the Bentleys, they're all going to Mike Moe's school, who is a skills member yeah. in Wisconsin. And originally the flights just didn't work out and it's 45 minutes. And they're all like, we would have picked you up. So literally before I jumped on this podcast, I'm looking at flights to Wisconsin and I, I'm, I'm, I might make a change. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call it audible might. tonight. And uh, so I'm either going <laughs> I'm I'm to competing in Jersey on Saturday or Wisconsin Dells. We'll see which one. <laughs> well, you're competing this weekend. Yes, so that we know that at least yes, you're going to make it to, to competition. Yes, Fifth degree form. I love that form. It's one of my favorites. Yeah. Uh, it's a good one. Yes. Yes. A lot of, a lot of fun. No up and downs. Have to get off the floor and stand back up again. So that's always nice. <laughs> um, I like that one. And uh, are you um, in competition? You're focusing on forms. Are you doing some other stuff in competition? I'm going to start with forms, but definitely traditional weapons. And now there's extreme categories, which is so exciting. Mm -hmm. I just don't know all the rules and what, what to expect. I, I, after my competition in uh, Pittsburgh, I had to leave right away and coach my son's football game. Um, so I didn't get to stick around and see what, what, all, what it looks like. It. So this weekend, I'm going to look around and find out what clicks and jump in as many as many of them there. as I can, except for sparring because of my concussions. I'm not allowed to spar anymore, but uh, that's okay. <laughs> uh, that's unfortunate. Yes. Yeah. But there's lots of uh, uh, events out there for you now. I mean, that they're uh, way more than uh, when you left in 2000. Yes. You know, we've got uh, quite a few more <laughs> events than we, we did back then. Yes, yes. So I, I want to talk a little bit about this skills program that you have um, that you've brought into the ATA. A, uh, uh, I know Chief Master Skiles, um, you know, saw you at one of uh, Senior Master um, Conference events and was just like, hey, this is – uh, just a new level of instruction information for our um, students. And, and, you know, Eternal Grandmaster, uh, when he set up the instructor program, you know, was kind of ahead of the game with, with what we want to do. And we're always trying to stay on the cutting edge, um, making sure that our instructors are professionals and learning. Um, so give, give us a little overview of, of what this really entails. Okay. So right now there's, there's, uh, four different levels. There's an entry level course and the entry level course includes eight speaking skills, which are eight things that 
what that you should have when you're speaking in front of an audience, whether it's on stage or in a classroom. And it's everything from your pace to your tone, to your vocabulary, your gestures, your posture, uh, your eye contact. And if you can study these eight skills and then assess yourself on each one on a scale of one to five, you know, four or five, meaning that you're doing it very well, one or two, meaning this is where you can improve, you're going to enhance your public speaking skills, which is the number one fear of Americans is getting mm-hmm. up into public speaking. So as an instructor, it makes yes, sense ma'am. that you have this down path first, right? Being able to speak in front of a crowd. The second part of the entry level course are the life skills. So I worked with Master Skiles, Chief Master Skiles and Senior Master Keegan Igren, Ireland on uh, bringing the life skills into the platform so that instructors have, have an area where they can download the six life skills. And there's even sample videos of them actually presenting those life skills. So those two go hand in hand. And that's for, for like your new legacy members or, or instructors, mm-hmm. fu- future instructors, somebody wants to be an instructor. Then level one includes the teaching skills and brain skills courses. Now, these are really cool. So teaching skills are eight different skills that you can apply in the classroom that foster positive behavior through positive reinforcement, stimulating positive neurotransmitters in the brain. And what I mean by that, just a really quick reference, when you yell at a student, a particular child, and you say, if you don't sit still, you're going to get 10 push-ups. What's happening in, a, in the brain is the brain is going into this fight, flight, freeze, or faint mode, and cortisol is now starting to be triggered, which is an inhibitor to learning. So when your body is under stress and the cortisol goes through your brain, it shuts down areas of the brain that aren't important right now, and one of them is associated with learning. So when we're yelling at kids and we're threatening or yelling at our students and threatening them and coercing them and punishing them, you're actually counterproductive to what your goal is, which is to get them to have the proper mm-hmm. behavior. So these eight teaching skills are different ways that you can foster good behavior, but by a good experience. So one of them, for example, is redirection. So instead of yelling at Johnny for sitting, for not sitting still and giving him pushups, you can say, okay, Johnny, can you show me how a black belt sits? Now, when I say go, I want everybody to sit just like Johnny. Ready, set, go. And then you clap for Johnny sitting really good. Now you're triggering dopamine and serotonin and oxytocin and endorphins from that compliment, that positive reinforcement. So now sitting still is associated with a good feeling versus sitting still. If I don't sit still, I'll get pushups and that's associated with a bad feeling. So there's all these different teaching skills. There's eight of them that you can use in class for a variety of different common behavioral challenges that most instructors see as a challenge and how to use them in a positive uh, manner. And then I go into the eight brain skills, nice. which is talking about the cognitive abilities of students. Usually we look at, we put students in two boxes, either smart or not smart. And a lot of that smartness that we associate is associated with long-term memory. Like if you can remember your form, then you're smart. And if you can't, you're not smart. Well, what brain skills does is it takes eight different cognitive skills and says, well, maybe they're not good at long-term memory, which means that their hippocampus uh, just doesn't download information as quickly as other people, but they're really good at visual processing or auditory processing or speed of processing or working memory, which is assembling information and putting it in order or response inhibition or attention control. Um, so what we do with these brain skills is I tie them into drills and activities that you do in class to help foster all these different learning abilities and pointing them out while you're running them in class so that children don't feel like they're in one of two boxes, if that makes sense. Mm, and then, yes, for sure. Then level two is the stages of development where I break down what to expect and what not to expect from your students based on age, physically, intellectually, emotionally, and socially. 
So I say for your three and four-year-olds, here are the things you should expect them to do physically, intellectually, emotionally, and socially. You know, one of the examples is three and four-year-olds, their they're learning, they're, their listening skills and their communication skills are very limited. So they learn a lot by watching each other and they can, they interact by mocking each other. So if you have one kid falls on the floor and then Johnny sees his buddy fall on the floor and he falls, you think he's being bad when actually his brain's just doing his job. His brain is just mocking that type of behavior, you know. So understanding why that happens and, again, what to expect. Mm-hmm. You should expect that uh, and what not to expect, right? And I break it down by age from preschoolers, early elementary schoolers, elementary schoolers, and middle schoolers. And when you understand their stage of development according to their physical, intellectual, emotional, and social development – Man, the value of what you can do to enhance their learning skyrockets. And of course, your overall purpose for teaching, you're going to start to see where you're impacting them the most. And mm-hmm. then the final for sure. Then the final courses are the eight talent skills, which are things that CEOs look for in their top talented team members. Uh, things like empathy and ambition and positivity. And they're all kind of related to instructors working in a class environment and how if you focus on these eight different talents, that's what's going to bring the value of you as an instructor to a higher level uh, in your in your boss's perspective and in, in your customer's perspectives and so forth. And then the final course is my favorite, which is the eight parent skills. So when my son was born, I, I knew that I did not want to parent the way that I was parented growing up as a child. So I wrote eight different skills that I can practice uh, with my son to help me become the best parent I possibly can be. You know, there's no such thing as a perfect parent, but if you practice these eight different parent skills like adapt, uh, adaptability, connection, consistency, uh, nurturing, then I, you can be more effective. And the reason why this is important for an instructor is because you know just as well as I know that parents come to us not just for how their kids are behaving on the on the on the mat, but also how they're behaving at home and say, you know, Johnny doesn't listen to me when he's at home. And then you don't really know what to do as an instructor, especially if you're not a parent yourself, right? So you may say something like, yes, I'll ma'am. talk to him. And if he doesn't listen, then I'll, he won't get his strike today or he won't test for his next belt. You know, that's usually what inexperienced instructors have to resort to because they don't have the resources. Well, with these eight parent schools, now the instructors have a little bit of information that they can share with the parents to help them better parent at home without putting it in their hands. So for an example, if a parent comes and says, Johnny doesn't listen at home, then the instructor can say, well, on a scale of one to five, five being most connected, how connected are you with your child when you're giving them commands? An example is, is if you're in the kitchen and you just yell, Johnny, come eat. And he's in his room on his iPad playing Roblox. Well, you're, you're on a scale of one to five. You're not connected. So chances are he's not going to listen to you. Granted, he should, but take this, take this just small task and go into Johnny's room, get on eye level or below eye level, pat him on the leg, look him in the eyes and say, hey, buddy, it's time for dinner. Now on a scale of one, you're five. You're connected out of five. Chances are he's going to listen to you and he's going to come to dinner. So just even those yes, small ma'am. understandings of things that you can deploy at, at, to, to get parents to deploy at home helps position you as a more valuable instructor too, right? So parents come to you, they ask for you sure. for advice, you can, you can tap into these resources, and you can change lives that way. Yes, ma'am. Well, they, they're super cool. I've, I've started to go through. Um, I can't wait to get to the parent one. Um, you know, I have a, a three-year-old daughter and a one-year-old and um, – I, I even like I, I went in one of your groups because my my daughter is uh, um, she's great. I love her. 
Um, but there's certain things that we we're working on. Um, and I was like, Hey, how do I, you know, I, I'm always the kind of guy who wants to dig in deep and like research a bunch of things. So I started reading the whole brain child, um, book that somebody recommended in your group. And I was like, this is amazing. Uh, yeah, you recommended, I was like, this is fantastic. I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, you know, dive into this more. And I think just giving our, um, legacy students, this information is, I mean, just so above and beyond, um, you know, most people out there, um, we're about out of time, but I know that you, um, are coaching, um, football, um, and, uh, for your son. And I know, uh, you know, you see these coaches, they're like, they're just dads who volunteer to do a job. Um, and, and for us martial arts guys who, who, uh, you know, have spent our whole lives researching and figuring all this kind of stuff out. When people compare us to that, we're just like, ah, what are you talking about? We're, <laughs> We're professionals, um, you know, and uh, it, it's just so great to get more information and more um, tools, skills, as we might say, to um, to influence lives and, and help um, people out there. So uh, I want to thank you for, for all you do. We're, we're really excited to have you back, um, you know, competing and, and helping our instructors and stuff in the ATA. Um, you know, thanks. Thanks a ton. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited. Look for me at tournaments. You'll see me competing, but I can't wait to judge too, especially the Tigers oh, yeah. and the younger kids. You'll hear me. You might not be able to see me through the crowd, oh, yeah. <laughs> but you'll be able to hear me. I guarantee that. Oh man. If, if you were uh, like the, somebody who gets you as their tiger judge, they're just going to have the best tournament event ever. Uh, we're going to have to have like seminars on watching you judge tigers. And that's going to be the way people are going to need to do it. <laughs> I love uh, it. So that that's awesome. Well, thank you again for your time today, ma'am. You're very welcome. Thank you for having me. Listener feedback. Well, ATA nation, uh, that uh, was a great interview. And uh, this is what I want you to do. Um, you need to go over to Instagram um, and follow Miss Melody Johnson. And uh, then I think she's on Instagram. Let me find. Yeah, there it is. Okay. And uh, make sure you wish her luck at the tournament. Okay. We want to make sure we wish her uh, luck uh, from all of ATA Nation at the tournament she's attending this weekend. Um, we'd love to see uh, um, all of you guys share that out there. Tell her you heard her on the podcast and that'd be awesome. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, another great episode. Um, we've only got one or two episodes left for the year. We usually take the month of December off with all the holidays and all the stuff going on. So um, we're, we'll be uh, planning for 2023 podcast. Um, we've got a great episode next week coming up with uh, a club owner. And you definitely want to um, hear that. Uh, clubs, definitely something you want to maybe check out if you're looking at uh, – um, becoming an instructor, starting a school, um, some really cool stuff there. So until next week, ATA Nation, make sure you're out there taking action. Thanks for listening to another episode of the ATA Nation podcast. Be sure to subscribe and share with your ATA family. Hey, AT Nation, I know I have talked to you about this special project I have. You got to go to uh, atama.ninja slash uncut and uh, pick up one of our uh, membership tokens. Um, and uh, I promise 2023, we're going to drop you some cool stuff in there.
Okay, some really cool stuff. It'll be excellent. Um, um, we're going to have a, a good old time showing off some cool teams in the ATA, some super cool teams. Okay, so do that. Okay. If you don't, I'll be sad. You don't want to make me sad. Okay, bye, guys. <laughs>